Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. I am so glad that you're here and I'm especially glad that you, you listening right now are listening and taking time. I have a really fun one for you today. I am talking to my friend Courtney Cruz and she's someone who I've really wanted to have on for a long time. And why is because her focus and what she does is something that everybody has to think about, but nobody really wants to. Courtney is a millennial money coach, and she's passionate about helping women take back control of their finances to create more freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment in their lives. And I think that can be said for us no matter what age we are, and she's got such helpful things to say. After a decade-long career in finance, Courtney took her experience both from her corporate background and her personal financial transformation, and she built a business teaching women what they weren't taught in school. She empowers them to use money as a tool to create the lives they want. Courtney graduated with a bachelor's degree from DeSales University, is a girl mom who resides in Eastern Pennsylvania, and her motto is, you can build wealth and hashtag treat yourself. And you can. Her, I love watching her Instagram stories about how to do just that. Her favorite ways to do that are splurging on Starbucks, wine that won't give you a headache, and making unforgettable memories with her family through travel and spending on experiences. Courtney's mission is to help women use money as a tool to create the lives they want while breaking generational curses and building generational wealth. And it's really cool that she's talking to those of us that make up a fairly large creative community too, because we get into how do you do that? How do you stay creative when you're thinking about money or when you're thinking about leaving a big job or how do you kind of layer it on so that you can feel financially confident and creatively free. So enough of me talking. I love this conversation with Courtney and here we go. Courtney, I am so excited to have you on today. Even Katie, my editor said, oh my gosh, can't wait to hear what she has to say. I love that. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. I think, you know, you are working in an area and I, gosh, your passion is in an area that is hard for a lot of people. 
Um, I think who doesn't need a millennial money coach? Who doesn't need a money coach at all? I, I'd love to understand kind of <laughs> your passion, how you got there, how you've made it your career. Yeah. Spill the beans. Sure. Um, so yeah, I it actually kind of all started for me. So let me kind of back up. I did not grow up knowing about money. So let me just throw that out there. <laughs> Which I think so. is honestly the perfect part of your resume because then you really know what you want to know. Yeah, I feel like like most people, I didn't grow up in a household that, you know, talked about money or anything like that. I feel like even now just talking about money in general is just super taboo. Um, and if something that we're supposed to know how to make and how to use is so taboo, how is anybody supposed to know what to do with it? Yeah. So um, right after I graduated high school, I um, had my daughter. So at that point, I knew I was serving at the time. And I knew that I just wanted to kind of just get a full time job so that way I can make more money. That was the thing that was always in my head is, okay, the the primary goal should just be to make as much money as possible, because that's going to, you know, solve all my problems. Little did I know, but that's what I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got my first big girl job, I like to call it, at a bank right after high school. Um, And I ended up being there for almost 10 years. (laughs) So that's kind of where I got the majority of my financial knowledge from. I learned so much when I was there. Um, But at the same time, even though my day to day was helping other people create and implement their financial plans. I really wasn't doing what I was supposed to do on my end, I think, because I had that thought of, oh, I have a steady paycheck. I'm just going to get paid, you know, in two more weeks. I'll just put off my savings goals and, you know, put off planning out my finances until I got laid off almost 10 years in. Mm. So it was really at this point where I feel like was kind of the catalyst for my personal financial transformation. Because like I said, even though I had the knowledge, I was not doing what I was supposed to do. So I had barely any savings. I knew like nothing about investing. I had credit card debt that I just could not seem to get rid of. And I had a mortgage to pay. I had a child to take care of. And I had absolutely no backup plan. So it was at that point where I decided that I was going to get my stuff together. And even though I was making significantly less than what I was making in corporate, um, probably just like a little more than half of my corporate salary, within two years after I got laid off, I was able to save and invest more than I ever have. I think it was around $25,000 when I only ever had like 2000 in my bank account. And that was like a lot for me. (laughs) I was able to pay off my credit card debt for good, still debt free to this day. Um, And I was also able to enjoy my life, which I think is important, is really important to mention, because when a lot of people think about money management and finances and and the word budget, it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be on a budget. I don't want anything to do with like money management because I'm just not going to be able to do anything fun. I'm not going to be able to live my life when that's not true at all. Um, it's really just about like telling your money where to go versus your money telling you where it went and you not really having any control over it. So (laughs) tell your money where to go. Yeah. So is in that time when you, when you were able to achieve that savings and things like that, was it just that you stopped and paid attention and taught yourself some of these things? 
So the thing is, I already had the knowledge, right? But knowledge with no action means absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the main things that helped me was really my mindset. And that's why I make it a priority to incorporate mindset into the work I do with other women now, because you can have all of the information in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do all the math in the world. You can sit there and, you know, calculate your income and your expenses and all of that stuff. But if you're not clear on, first off, what's really important to you and you meaning just you, not other people, not your friends, not your family, not your parents, not your coworkers, not what society is, is telling you that's important to you. What is a priority to you and do your spending decisions support what's most important to you or does it not? You know, because like, for example, one thing that I was doing a lot before I had this, you know, kind of personal financial transformation is I was spending a lot of money on my daughter without even thinking twice. So a lot of it was like impulse buying. I would justify it a lot because it's a lot easier to justify money you're spending on other people, (laughs) you know, especially your kids. It's like, oh, well, you know, I went to Target and spent $300, but it was on the kids. But in reality... (laughs) Um, once I started kind of digging deeper and thinking about like, you know, why am I doing this? Cause this not only isn't helping me at all with, you know, living the kind of life that I want to live, but it's showing my daughter a bad example. And I realized that the reason why I was doing that is because I was trying to overcompensate for being a young single mom. Mm. And if I didn't take the time to like dig deep and do that inner work and figure that out and then switch that narrative to spending a lot of money on your child means you're a good mom, which is completely Mm. false. It's teaching your child how to spend money in a way that aligns with, you know, the lifestyle that you want to create for them. Yeah, that is what you should be doing. And that does not involve spending $300 at Target on things that you (laughs) are going to be giving away with the tags on them, which is what I did a lot of the time. Oh, gosh, that is such those are such strong points. And I, I, I imagine people are nodding like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> because I, I think for a lot of people, I know for me in my past and not so distant past, it's <laughs> been a way to, you know, I, I heard this, <laughs> I heard somebody yesterday that said, you know, I decided to get off social media. So I got off, it was three days. I got off social media, but all I did the whole time was shop because I didn't, you know, I wasn't on Instagram and stuff. So I just went on Poshmark and all those other sites and you fill your time, you fill your space, you fill your needs with things or, oh my gosh, that's going to just make my day. If I, if I bring that home or whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. and what a different feeling to then looking, looking your savings or your bank account or whatever and say, oh, what actually makes my day is that there's money in there and I'm not stressing out or I don't have to worry or I could be really proud of what I've achieved. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that because a lot of the time when we think about like saving money, um, a lot of people think, oh, I want to save to have X amount of dollars in the bank, right? Well, that's kind of a boring way to save money. It's I want to have, you know, $20,000 in the bank. So that way, the next time my water heater breaks in my house, I'm not scrambling and putting money on a credit card and stressing out because I have no money to pay the bill. Or I want to have 
$5,000 in the bank. So that way I can take my dream vacation with my family. You know, it's something to look forward to. And it's really important to tie that why behind why you're doing any, you know, financial goal or goal in general. But, you know, why are you saving money? just to save. That's not really going to be motivating. And when you're at Target, you're going to be like, oh, do I feel like putting this $300 in my save in my just because savings? Or do I feel like getting all these new clothes? A lot of the time, those new clothes will win. Mm-hmm. But if you take a second and think to yourself, okay, I can either spend this $300 on things that I'm not even sure if I truly want or not. I'm just, you know, emotionally spending right now. Or I can put it in my savings account that is going that I'm going to use to take a trip to Jamaica. You know, mm-hmm. that's a lot more motivating yeah. than, you know, saving just because. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And I, but sometimes that shiny thing really is loud. Like you said, mm-hmm. it just like, yeah, that card of clothes, like, but this can make me feel good right now. But I feel like if we get in the habit and it starts to, it's such a great feeling when, when you think like, gosh, I saved that and now I can do this. Or like you said, now I don't have to worry about those new brakes or that water heater or whatever it is. I mean- it's there. And you and I have kiddos that might want to continue on to school after high school. And holy cow, that is, that is a lot too. Somebody told me what they were paying to have their um, kiddo go to NYU. And to me, you know, there's some big money schools, you know, like USC, but NYU, holy cow, that's that's one of really high on Cooper's list. <laughs> I get called yeah. what? <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Few years to plan for things like that. But it, it, you know, it's all very real. It's all very real. And in COVID, the price of houses and all those things are just it's a we have to think about all of it in it's like a whole nother dimension. So I love understanding more about the ideas and ideals, which I want to dig into with you more. Um, We talk a lot on windowsill chats about ways to get noticed in general, which can lead to financial success, but not always. And we don't always talk about ways we can use money as a tool to create abundance. So um, how does money in your mind aid creativity? How is that linked? Yes, I absolutely love that you refer to money as a tool. Because that is exactly what it is. It's a tool and it's a resource that we can leverage to, it really just all comes down to, I know I keep saying this, but to create and live whatever life that you desire. And the way that money can help with, for your example, creativity is, I don't know about you, but when I don't have to stress out about paying my bills, if I don't have to worry about not having, you know, a peaceful environment to be in, I can be a lot more creative than Mm -hmm. if I have all of that stress on my back. So I feel like that is really number one, how money can help with that. Um, But also money can help, you know, open the doors for you with a lot of things, you know, money can help you travel to different places where you may be able to, you know, meet people that you can, that can either help you in some way or collaborate with or whatever the case may be. Um, So, truly from like the basic foundation of giving you, um, you know, peace and allowing you to not be stressed to even like further your creativity and further your careers by being able to use it to attend events or travel or, you know, buy supplies or all of those things. Even just the fact that you are just so 
easily be able, easily able to do that. And that's not a cause of like worry and stress for you. I feel like that is just a way to add so much creativity and ease to your life. I think that's such a spot on answer because, you know, when you think about it, or when I think about it, the times when you do have that cushion or, you know, you have that savings or you've, you've, you just don't have to worry as much as you did three months ago or something like that. It does. It just like, you can breathe a little easier. You, you, cause when you don't have that, you're, it's always weighing on your shoulders and, and we have enough weighing on our shoulders, but yeah, part of it is how do you get there? And, and I know you coach and you teach, and I'd love to weave in to this, what you do and how you teach people to get there. Cause it's one thing to say, it's going to make you more creative, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but how do I, and, and I love that you mentioned too, the, the mindset part, because that is what it's all based around. Like I let for you, you said, you were working in the bank, you know, for 10 years, but not real like ideal example. You were right there surrounded, but then you had to change your own mindset too. And I, I, I would love to weave in also like generational wealth, because I feel like some people have, they grow up with money and they're not necessarily taught about it, or they don't grow up with money and they're not necessarily taught about how do you meld all this together? So, well, first let me give you like the most perfect example of how just being prepared and just being, you know, financially responsible and managing your money in a certain way can truly completely change your circumstances. So I know earlier I mentioned that I got laid off from my almost 10 year career in banking. And I, I genuinely thought my life was over. Mm. Like I, that was my, my, my life. Basically it was the, I, I was 18 when I got the job. It was, yeah. you know, my career, I moved up really quickly. I was making really good money, especially for the time and my age and everything. Mm. Um, I was really struggling when I first had my daughter. So to go from that to, you know, being in management at a bank, making good money, I thought that I would be there forever. Um, And I liked my job. You know, it wasn't that I went to work every day and was like, oh my gosh, I hate this. But it definitely wasn't like my dream, you know? But I feel like the longer that I was there, the more that dream of doing something more and being something more just started kind of fading away because I started Mm. getting really comfortable. Mm. Um, So because that was so much of my life and my identity, I was so devastated and thought that I was going to be living on a box on the street. (laughs) Like I was do next. Yeah. It was like my worst, worst case scenario. I had a whole breakdown, a whole thing. So once I got over that and ended up actually doing a lot better, you know, financially within that two years to follow, I got laid off again (laughs) in 2020 with, you know, a lot of other people this time. Um, but this time it was so different because finances were the one thing that I was not worried about. I didn't have any credit card debt still. I had over six months worth of expenses saved. Um, so I knew that at least financially we would be okay. You know, like my family would be okay. So even though everything was so crazy in the world and there were so many other things to be concerned about, money just wasn't one of them. And it was really at that point where I was like, wow, I need to help other women get to this feeling, Mm -hmm. have this peace of mind that when something happens, because something will always happen, hopefully not anything crazy like that again, but something will always happen. 
And to go from me feeling like my life was absolutely over to not having to stress out about money at all and just put my energy in other places was really what inspired me to create the business I have, you know, in the first place. Cause that's when I really, it's when I got laid off the second time when I actually started my financial coaching business. Um, and like I said, it was really so that other women can experience that feeling. And I do love to specifically help women and millennial women, because when I was in banking at my corporate job, I would speak to clients all of the time, women, especially who would just have absolutely no idea what was going on with their money. Mm -hmm. And some of these phone calls would be women whose husbands passed away Mm -hmm. and they would have no idea how to access any money. If they even had any money, imagine having to deal with that when your spouse passes away, that is just devastating. I can't, there's so much you're dealing with that you don't know you have to deal with. And that when you, when you need money, I remember way a long time ago um, when I was working in San Francisco at a retail store and it, it was a different, slightly different era. But I remember a woman coming in and she wrote a check, also a different era, but her name on that check was Mrs. Whatever it was, Ronald Thompson, you yeah. know, and she signed her name, Mrs. Ron. I was like, what? You're, who that. are you? I was, oh, that stayed with me. I, I just thought, wow. And maybe he passed away first and then what, you know, and I, and that's what you're referring to. That's an amazing thing to know that is out there and what an impetus to, to want to help those women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you bring that up. Cause I have seen that as well like Mrs. And then their married, the, the married last name. Um, and it's a lot more common than at least I would have thought where just, like I said, women in general, or they could be near retirement age and have absolutely nothing to show for it. You know, no savings, no investments, no nothing. And then it's like, what do you do? You stay on that fixed at this, at the time when I was, um, at the bank, I think I saw like $800 per month, you know, checks that were being be for, for social security. And that would be like yeah. the only source of income yeah. um, for these people. And it was just devastating. Cause at that point it's like, oh my gosh, like what, what do you do? So that's when I was like, all right, not only do I need to make sure that I am prepared for the future, because when you're younger, the last thing you're, you want to think about is like retirement. <laughs> right. You just don't think you're going to get there. Yeah. But that really put into perspective, like how important it really is. And I know that you also referenced generational wealth and how important that is. And that's something that I also never really thought of, um, mm. because I think what a lot of other people that may have been in my situation where, you know, just income, um, money wasn't really talked about. It wasn't like we were rolling in dough or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just think that it's not for you. Yeah. You think yeah. that wealth isn't for you. You think that investing is not for you. Like mm. those things, like just, they're not for you. Cause you weren't, you weren't born rich. You weren't mm. born wealthy. You weren't born into that situation. And even just back to mindset, when my mindset switched around that, when I started educating myself about building wealth and about investing, it became so much more tangible. And I realized that not only is it for me, but it's for 
everyone. Oh man. Everyone can invest. Everyone can build wealth. Everyone can leave something for their kids. And really what general wealth generational wealth means is your family, your kids, their kids, they don't have to start at ground zero. Mm. You know, you can help them have an advantage in this world. And that advantage that you give them can be more than people achieve in a lifetime. And it's just so impactful how much a little bit of a leg up, Mm -hmm. even the knowledge part can help, you know, our, our generations to come really create a life that we or our parents or our grandparents only probably never even dreamed of having. And really the first step to do that I feel like a lot of people are going to think I'm going to say investing. That's really not the first step because the first step is, is knowing how to manage money Mm. and really digging into your own finances and seeing what, what's really going on. Mm -hmm. You know, how much money do you have? How much debt do you have? A lot of people have absolutely no idea. Mm. So that's really step number one is pulling back the curtain on what's going on in your specific situation and then educating yourself on how to manage your money in a way where you're working towards paying off debt, you're working towards savings, your bills are paid. All of that basic, those basic foundational pieces are taken care of. And then you can jump into the investing piece, which is really how you build long-term sustainable wealth. Oh gosh. I love that so much. I, I think too, and maybe it goes along with generational wealth, but I think it's more of a potentially human trait is the, like you said in the beginning, the embarrassment of talking about money or the, it's just one of those things that we don't educate on. So we don't talk about, we don't know how to ask. I had another friend who um, came and visited her goddaughter on the other side of the country and, and her goddaughter asked her, how do I open a bank account? She said, where's this money you're making from your job? And she said, it's, it's in my room. She just didn't grow up with anybody that that she could ask about that. And so they got it squared away. But you sometimes it's not knowing who to ask, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And all of the resources, at least a few years back, not even that long ago, I don't think, it's all old white men. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not an old white man. <laughs> So like, is there someone that I can relate to that is talking about money in a way that first of all, isn't shameful, because I feel like that just runs rampant is money shame and nobody needs more money shame. I feel like we all have some of that from just growing up in general. Um, But also talk about it in a way that's not boring. That's not because you can, you know, read all the finance books, but if it doesn't, if it's not explained in a simplistic way that makes sense, then you're not really going to get much out of it. And I feel like a lot of people who talk about money just overcomplicate it. And it really does not have to be complicated. It can be super simple. Mm -hmm. You're right. It does come down the chain from the old white man kind of that's stockbroker and, you know, or if you're going to understand finances, you, you know, you think about the movie, Mary Poppins, when the, men at the bank, you know, and it, mm. oh my goodness, just like <laughs> scary, you, you know, and I think, I think money can be very daunting. And I think especially for the creative minded, sometimes we don't 
being creative minded doesn't always uh, mean you even are comfortable with number numbers at all. There's the whole starving artist, you know, moniker that goes along with that. What tips would you give someone listening who might be in a financially struggling phase of their business or sure that if they lean into their creativity, that's going to happen? That's a good question. So I think the first thing that I would want to say is a huge misconception when it comes to money management is that you need to be good at math. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's something that a lot of people use, honestly, like as an excuse, probably subconsciously for why they <laughs> don't I'm, I'm raising time. my hand. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that goes along in my brain with like, yes. Yeah. And I am proof of that because I was not good at math in high school. I'm pretty sure I almost like failed one of my algebra something classes oh, yeah. because that just didn't make sense to me. Don't use it to this day. So clearly didn't need it. <laughs> But when it comes to finances, there is nothing that you're going to have to do manually. (laughs) It's more of like your goals and just the concepts around finances that you want to understand versus like the actual calculations. There's calculators for everything. We don't need to know any of that. But also, I think, honestly, for anybody who just has a passion that they want to be successful at and, you know, they want that to be the main source of their income is to kind of not be so stubborn when it comes to the way you make money. Mm -hmm. Um, Not be so picky about the way that you make money. If you need to get a job that's just okay in order to fund your passion, then, you know, do that and use it for just that. It does not have to be your forever career. It doesn't have to be any of that. It could be exactly that your, you know, the, the income that you're currently making to fund what you're actually passionate about. So you don't have to stress out. Like we talked about before, you have the peace of mind that everything is paid. You're in a comfortable, peaceful environment. So that way you can, you know, fuel your creativity and help you get to where you want to go a lot faster than if you're struggling along the way. Oh my gosh. I, you said some real gems in there. I'm sure it was like, nod, 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 because (laughs) And the fact that even you, I was sure you were going to be like, oh, I loved algebra. And yeah, no, it's just being passionate about getting what you want. I like that you said in the very beginning, align this whole thought process with what do you need money for? Because we tend, that's another thing too. We tend to be, well, I know I'm going to have to pay the mortgage and I know I'm going to have to pay the health insurance or the heat or whatever it is. But, But then if you slip in, I'd really like to go on a trip to, you know, wherever Mm -hmm. that starts being like, oh, that's, that's much sexier than paying the rent. And it's much more interesting. Yeah. And I love to spend money. Like I'm not anti spending (laughs) money. I'm anti spending money on BS. Like I'm anti Mm -hmm. spending money on things that don't serve me. Mm -hmm. Because I've done both. I've spent Mm -hmm. a lot of money on things that don't serve me. And it ends up not only like clutter in your house, but then it's clutter like in your, in your brain, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, And it just negatively affects so many things. So I really only want to spend money on things that serve me. 
consciously spend money on things that serve me versus impulsively and just because I'm feeling some type of emotion like I always used to do before. And that way I'm only bringing things into my house that bring me joy, that give me peace mm. and don't clutter up, you know, my house and my brain. Oh my gosh. Singing my song because I am a collector of the things. And <laughs> I I love that you said too, just if you need to make money for something and you need to get that job to fuel your passion, this is permission. You know, I feel like there's this whole thing definitely runs along the creative path, the thread of lean in, you know, license your work, take these classes, then you'll be able to do this or you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to make money from your creative career. Yes. And, or yes, but how are you paying the rent in the meantime? Because it's, it's kind of that same thing. When I asked you that question about why save money as what are you saving money for? Well, it's how do you be creative while saving money? It's that peace of mind. So if that part of that peace of mind is having a job that pays you so you don't have to worry about some of the bigger chunks, then mm -hmm. the that's where the creativity can come into play too. Absolutely. Uh, the, it's very, I, I must say, I do think money freedom is, takes some very creative thinking for sure. Yeah, definitely. And that's really what money means too. It means options. It means flexibility. It means freedom. It means so much more than just a dollar amount that you have in the bank. I agree. What do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are that people have about being financially abundant and successful? I feel like, I feel like there's so many, um, I feel Bring like on. <laughs> one is that money management is hard, that it's difficult, that if you care about money, you're a bad person, that if you make a lot of money, you're greedy, um, so much negative beliefs and negative connotations. I feel like a lot of people have when it comes to money. And that's another thing that I make sure that you know, we work through with the people that I work with, because if you continue to have those beliefs, that's what's going to hold you back mm -hmm. from having abundance and from being successful, because that's going to be in the back of your mind whenever you're taking action or not taking action um, towards something that can, you know, make you successful. When in reality, money isn't good or bad, you know, like we talked about before, money is just a tool, money is a resource. And truly, I 1000% believe that more good people need to have a lot of money mm -hmm. because good mm -hmm. people do more good with money. I yes, people more. can do bad things with money as well, but you know, bad people, it just amplifies, amplifies who you are and amplifies the behaviors that you already had. Um, so yes, definitely more good people need to be wealthy. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, again, I'm just thinking of people and friends I know I have one friend who who didn't grow up with a lot of money um but now has more and is so generous because of it instead of like I have to hold on to this so tight I don't know a more generous person you know because and they don't have loads and loads of money but they have a view on what it feels like not to and what it feels like to help so I I just feel like one begets the other the generosity that comes with a good person having money, like yeah. you said, is, oh my gosh, it's, it saves the world in a way, you know, instead of grabbing onto it. Yeah, truly. And can literally, you know, 
make an impact on the world. You know, look at how much money some of these super wealthy people have and some of the things that they're doing with it versus the things that they could be doing with it. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I haven't read a whole lot about this, but the, um, Mr. Schuenard from Patagonia t- recently gave away his entire billions of dollars of his company to help with global warming and some other things that he really believed in instead of being a high dollar earner, like, and, and, you know, just doing what very high visibility, doing what they want. And that that's a whole new thing. You know, we haven't seen somebody with that kind of wealth just say, I, I'm not going to take this with me. And yes, he's older and he's had a lovely life, but still, that's a really different kind of decision than than we've heard yeah and then hopefully it makes a difference it's a i think it's amazing i think it's i i mean granted it comes with all sorts of decisions that i'll never or would want to be privy to but Mm -hmm. to me it's saying money can make a difference to some of the things that we're really struggling with i'd like to help you know yeah for sure and i love that you brought that up because a lot of the time i think we think about people that have a lot of money as going on shopping sprees and buying the designer items and the huge mansions that have 18 bathrooms, but only three people live there when, you know, that's one choice that people make, but just a different choice can be made that can impact not just the people who are making the money, but literally the world, which is amazing. Highly recommend if possible. (laughs) What do you think, uh, what's something you wish more people understood about money and wealth? And we're kind of talking about a lot of those, but is there anything we haven't mentioned that you wish more people understood? Um, Yeah, honestly, I think the main thing is just to bring it back to like building, having, creating a life that you want to live and not just a life that you go through the motions with is possible for everyone. Mm. And money truly is the way that you can make that happen. So I really think the primary thing is just the mindset shift Mm -hmm. um, that I feel like will make the biggest impact from, you know, whether it's not for me or I don't like money or money's evil or people that care about money are greedy And what would having X amount of money mean for you, you know, going back to tying in that why Mm -hmm. and not even just thinking about you, but thinking about like your family, like one of the biggest things for me and I can even feel myself like getting emotional when I think about it, being able to like take my parents on a vacation, Mm -hmm. you know, like all expenses paid, plane, hotel, all of that with like kids, like everybody and having them not have to worry about paying for anything is just like, that's so motivating Mm -hmm. in itself. And such like a good thing that could be done with money to help other people, um, you know, versus, Oh, I, I I don't care about money. People that care about money are greedy, X, Y, Z. So I just stay stagnant in the same place and just go through the motions until I die, you know? Right. It's such a great way to look at it. Just how the feeling associated with being able to do something like that for someone you love and care about so much. And I think, you know, when mindset 
it is where it starts. And how, how have you found that you even start to dig into that with someone? So the first, one of the first things that I have my clients do is to think back about how they heard money being spoken about Mm -hmm. in their home. Because it's one thing to ask, oh, do you have any negative money beliefs? A lot of people are going to say, no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I want to make money, you know, I I like money or, you know, whatever the case. Um, But based off of the way that money was spoken about, even something as simple as like, we can't afford that. Right. You know, that is a a lacking mindset Mm -hmm. to have because it's not necessarily about well, this is how I kind of reframe it. It's saying we can't afford that. That's saying that the money is in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, making a conscious decision to say that's not worth my money. You know, that purchase isn't, it's not worth it to me. Mm. That's putting the control back in your hands, whether it's so you can save that money instead, whether it's so you can not go into debt, or whether it's so you can, you know, pay your bills on each scale of this or so you can invest it or whatever, you know, the case, you are making that decision instead of thinking, oh, well, it's it's just impossible because, you know, I, I just don't have enough, you know, I don't mm. have enough money for this specific purchase. Yeah, really turns it into a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. So it's thinking about and working through those kind of preconceived notions or statements or beliefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How can someone start today to become more financially literate? So the first thing I would say, even before digging into like the finance books and, you know, videos or blogs is to start with what you have. Mm So, you know, kind of take stock as to what exactly you're working with, because if you're learning all of these new things, but don't even know where you stand with your own finances, then you're not really going to be able to make, you know, much progress. Um, And then also just, I would suggest doing this even as like a journal entry um, or just writing it down in the notes app in your phone, you know, whatever works for you is just write out how you want your life to look a year from now Mm. and kind of keep that somewhere where you can reference back to it. So that way, if you do find yourself in a pattern of, you know, spending on certain things or you're starting to feel any negative feelings toward money, whether it's guilt or lack, you can look back at that and ask yourself, does my behavior align with the life that I want to live? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, you know, you have to make some changes and then also making sure you incorporate, you know, that why into your spending decisions, because if you really think about it, your spending decisions and the way we all use and manage money directly reflect every single thing that we do in life. You know, anything that any goal that we have, anything that we want to achieve you need money in some way, shape, or form right. as a tool and a resource to get you there. It's a very, I don't know, just thinking about it, even how you describe that as a slight shift of you have to take care of these things if they're issues because they're not going to feel good. Pay attention to your why. I actually have a little sticky note with a trip, 
you know, where I want to go on my computer. Cause I just, then it's, it's just a little reminder. It's there. It's, it's stuck to the computer in a way that the sun shines <laughs> through it. And it's like, Oh yeah, look, there's that place. I, I love I that. Able to go and, and take Cooper and, uh, yeah. And so those are, it's just those little, those little reminders. Yeah. So what is the work that you do and the program that you have? Tell us a little bit about what you've created and how you help people. If there's a way that anybody listening might be able to participate in any of that, I would love to know, cause I've heard, a, I've heard a lot about it, but I'd love to know kind of the nuts and bolts of what working with you looks like and what you've created now. Yeah, definitely. So what I host now is my signature program. It's called the Financial Glow Up. And essentially what I do in that program is really help you go from A to Z in creating a complete financial plan that is sustainable, first off, and aligns with your specific goals, priorities, and the lifestyle that you want to live. Because personal finance is personal. There's not a one-size-fits-all way to do anything. But within the program, I give you the tools that you need to make the financial decisions on your own that align with what's most important to you versus like telling you what to do. There's no like, you can't buy this. You can only do this. Um, There's no, you know, that famous quote of if you're in debt, the only time you should be in a restaurant is if you're working there. None of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We don't believe in restriction, even when you are working towards your goals. It's very much you can build wealth and treat yourself at the same time. And that is exactly what I teach my clients to do within that program. I love that. And you're good at sharing that point of view on Instagram too. I know every once in a while I'll be like, there's Courtney reminding me that I can still (laughs) go have a nice dinner and save money at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like finance and fitness are so similar. It's crazy. Mm. So you could even think of it as like, if you're going on this really strict crash diet, how long is that really going to last? You know, at the end, you're probably going to end up just saying F this and eating everything and drinking everything. And it's, you're not going to get the result that you want. Right. (laughs) And you know, it's the same thing with finances. You can tweak certain things, depending on what's most important to you, but you definitely don't have to deprive or restrict yourself in order to achieve your goals. Right. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. Mm. So where can we find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at money with Courtney. Um, and I also actually have um, speaking of how to just get started with getting financially literate and transforming your finances. I do have a free guide. It's called rich girl cheat sheet. Um, It's in the link in my bio on my Instagram. And it's really just five things that you can do right now in order to save thousands of dollars, even if you're in debt or living paycheck to paycheck and it's completely free. Um, So if anybody wants that, they can grab that as well. I'll put that in the show notes as well, because who wouldn't want that? (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having something like that available because I feel like some of those things are the barriers because it is a scary thing to say oh I'm not good at this whatever age you are whatever financial level you find yourself to be able to ask for help and it might be with anything think of anything we we're humans sometimes it's hard to ask for help but this is one as you've so eloquently explained that you have to, if you're not getting it, if you feel like you're 
slipping in any way. Like get help from somebody that's the the cool thing about you, Courtney, is you're like, hey, we're all in this together. You know, you don't have to suffer for it. Let's chat about it, you know. And I I really, really appreciate that. And I mentioned to Courtney before we recorded, you know, I've been wondering a lot about just exactly your thoughts on it. And I I've gained some because we've we've talked about it before, but from my own standpoint, it's like, oh, I don't know. I, I can't ask Courtney that. That would be too revealing or, you know, whatever that thing <laughs> might be. But, you know, those are the things if you, if anybody ever feels that way, then that's the opportunity to do something about it. That's, you're just saying, you know more about this than me. Share your, share your knowledge, you know? And I love yeah, that. For sure. And if this gives anyone peace of mind or permission to ask questions and get help, I would speak to people during my career in banking who were making like 500K a year mm-hmm. and had no money in the bank mm. and were getting declined for loans because they had bad credit. Mm. It truly, whatever income bracket you're in, we all need help with money mm. at some point. You know, mm. like we were talking about during this whole, um, you know, interview. I started knowing absolutely nothing. Most people don't because <laughs> yeah. it's not something that we're taught. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. There's there are millionaires. And, you know, how many famous people do we hear about that? We're making millions of dollars and then filing bankruptcy. And, you know, because because they didn't know either. Yeah, so. it's a, that's a really good reminder. Money doesn't mean doesn't equal knowledge at all, ever. Absolutely. Unless you know people like Courtney who can (laughs) shed some light. You know, I love asking um, people who's inspiring them. And I know you wrote me a couple. Do you have anybody that's inspiring you at the moment? Yes. So I, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, including this one. Um, And another one that I listen to is Yo Quiero Dinero. And it is hosted by Janice. And it is such a good podcast. Um, it is. I love the name. It's about finance as well. Yeah, it's about finance as well. But basically, just a quick snippet of her story is she was working in corporate for a while. She was able to um, start a blog and create enough passive income for her to quit her job. Now she's building, you know, generational wealth as like one of the first people in her family to do so. And she has awesome guests on all the time that I love listening to. So um, I would say her story is inspiring to me and her podcast is really good to listen to as well. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to go do that for sure. <laughs> and you mentioned um, Chelsea Fagan, who's the founder oh, of the yes. Financial Diet. And I don't know about her either. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that is a YouTube channel and podcast. I also watch a lot of YouTube. Um, YouTube is basically like my TV. I'll have it on in the background. <laughs> But um, yes, she's uh, the host of the financial diet. Um, Like I said, it's YouTube channel and they have a podcast, but she also shares a lot of gems about finances. She's also um, pretty, uh, I would say kind of like a social activist. Mm. Um, I would say like a feminist as well, at least from what I observe. So I love listening to like her takes on things. She's very honest. Um, which I love because I feel like I'm same, (laughs) like no sugarcoating of anything. She shares her opinions exactly the way that it is. Um, So I love watching that YouTube channel and listening to that podcast as well. 
Awesome. And you mentioned one other YouTube creator. I love that you said you watch a lot of YouTube because I record all of these and I always say, no, we're not going to use it. But if you're listening to YouTube, you're an example of someone who's listening to YouTube and listening to a podcast. It's like, to me, it's about getting that information out there. The other people, person you mentioned was Alexandra Garza. Yes. So she is a creator on YouTube as well. And she inspires me for kind of a different reason. She's not in the financial space, but she is in the like, I'm living my best life mm. space. And well, kind of she, a line. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so she's been on YouTube for a long time. I've been watching her for a while. And I've also been watching kind of like her journey. And she not only was able to monetize um, her YouTube channel, but she's also had like a, I think like a clothing or a merch line. She now has like an Airbnb that she does with her husband. She had um, like a vacation home as well as like a primary residence where her family lives. She has two kids. So she's managing a family too. So it's kind of just, she's inspiring to me because she is an example of like, quote unquote, doing it all. Mm. Like, obviously there's a lot of things to juggle, but it's the things that she's wanting to juggle. Yeah. You know, and she's not sacrificing like, Oh, I'm not going to have kids because I want to be a businesswoman or, um, you know, it's not one or the other, it's all of it. And that's just a great example of what I always want for my life and that I want other people to, to know that is possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good example of that. I love that you said that. I, I think sometimes the balancing, you know, as a creative, there it often um, is recommended by other successful creatives that you do more than one thing. And you mentioned that too, with getting the job, balancing the creativity. And with um, Alexandra, if she has, she has a family, she has an Airbnb, you know, mm-hmm. she's made choices that also benefit her financially and enable her to do other things she likes. So it's just, I feel like the world we live in today, it's not necessarily about put, putting the suit on, going to the downtown, to that building, riding the elevator, the whatever floor. No, it's about the balance of this. You could do this. You could do that. You can add these things in. And if you think about the financial part of it while you're doing that, instead of like spinning out it just allows you to make those choices. And I love that you mentioned that too, because um, uh, that's really what we're going for is, is how do we do the things we love financially become, you know, get to a place where you're confident Mm -hmm. and comfortable at least, and continue again, cyclically to do those things you love and to serve others or whatever that might be. So yeah. I'm so glad to have your wisdom about that because, and I would love to um, circle back about and keep talking about this. I bet people will have some good questions around this too. Yeah. Excited. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Such a good topic, Courtney. Thank you so much. I'm, I love your path too, because it just, it almost underlines the fact, like I worked in a bank, then I had another job, but these are the things that taught me that this is what I needed to even teach myself about finance. So I think that's so cool because we assume, right? We're, mm-hmm. We assume that people have it all figured out. And no so. one does normally. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for making it a little bit more approachable. <laughs> of course, of course. That's really like my goal is to just make money management simple because 
It really is. And the people who are making it sound more complicated, it's probably to their benefit that, you know, other people are intimidated or don't understand, you know, especially women. So that's really my goal is to help more women, especially millennial women, get more financially educated and build wealth for the future. We hold the key ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Courtney. Thank you. I loved having you here. Yes, this is so fun. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.